Welcome back to the Onto Something podcast. My name is Zane Witcher. If you have not been to this space before, this is the place where we help you find what you are onto in life. Now, this week we got episode 49. 49. We got episode 49 coming down the pipe. Uh, I'm going to talk about a friend in this episode. And if you can guess who the friend is, I will confirm it. If you guess and it's wrong, well, I won't respond. I won't answer. All right, without further ado, let's hop into it when figuring out how to have faith without being that person. I know this isn't normal, but I have a list of top 10 coolest people I know. Now, to clarify, these are not my top 10 closest friends. Mm Mm-mm. Nope. These people are the top 10 coolest friends out of everyone I have a relationship with in my life. So how does someone make it on the list, you may ask? Well, today I'm going to tell you how one of them did make it on this list. They asked me a common question in the most uncommon setting. The question was this, are you ready to pray? Okay, what a Christian thing to say. The location, though, a movie theater. This is what propelled me to put them in this list, but to explain, I'm going to need to provide some backstory because this story explains how you can have faith in the God of Jesus without socially disabling your ability to connect with friends and family and honestly just people around you. One of the things that I secretly mourn a little bit in the bottom of my soul is how unrelatable most Jesus followers tend to be in the world. When I first started following Jesus as a high schooler, I received a message that you couldn't and shouldn't be up to date on the most relevant things of the world. At times, it seemed like to prove you knew Jesus meant you had no knowledge of other worldly things that people enjoyed or cared about, quote-unquote, worldly. Or at least, if you did know about it, you had to denounce it. My heart still goes out to all of you who are just now reading Harry Potter for the first time. Just for the record, Harry, Jesus loves you. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't you worry about it for a hot second because you dodged a social bullet. But those of you who have been affected, you know what I'm saying. It seemed like there was this unspoken equation existing among followers, or believers, something like the following. Relevancy equals worldly, and worldly equals wrong. Now, as I've gained a few more years of perspective, I understand where this instinct comes from for new and old believers that kick into a mode of feeling like they need to be distinct from everyone around them. Now, writers of the Bible like First Peter and uh, the Gospel of John Prepare anyone who follows Jesus that they will consistently face choosing a different way of life. And I would even add the caveat that in some instances, new Christians need a drastic shift from the social circles, circles, social circles and habits that they have in order to be ushered into the life that God is already claiming for them. My concern, though, is that a robust message of how to exist within the world without being caught up in the passions and values of the world never really seemed to make it into the inbox of my brain growing up. 
And if I had to assume that's the case for a lot of people that are navigating faith, especially right now. Now, if you have an allergy towards Christians who tend to be closed-minded, overconfident, or socially awkward, know that you're in good company. Now, who is that company that you'd say? I would say your company is Jesus himself and the many who have followed him before you ever existed on this planet. The other day I ran across some language that I believe would provide words for those of us who want to enter the waters of how to engage God without completely disengaging from our friends, our culture, and our family members, people who may not share our same view of the world. One of the great, 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 here's the deal, you get the picture, okay, it's a lot of greats, grandfathers of the Christian faith wrote about a concept every believer should be aware of. This concept was called the admirable light of truth. Wow, what a title. I want to write a title like that at some point. The concept would have been an unpopular opinion of the day, but its thought process has slowly held up through the ages. Now, his belief, which is, okay, it's John Calvin, for those of you who are nerds about this, but don't get focused on that. His belief was that people of God didn't have the market on sensing God's reality. He believed that because everyone's made in the image of God, every image bearer has the ability to possess or radiate the truth of God, even if they didn't recognize it was God in their life. He believed this so much that he affirmed teachers and teachings of the Roman and Greek leaders around him who had no interest or desire or thought process about God. Now, when I say teachers or thought leaders, I want you to think about the today's equivalent of influencers, leaders, and artists of our day, okay? Now, here's how he balanced himself on this fine needle of thought. He would say it like this, we must see the admirable light of truth shining in them to teach us the mind of humanity. Though fallen and perverted from its wholeness, it nevertheless is clothed and ornamented with God's excellent gifts. Okay, and other leaders of faith through the ages fleshed out this idea and affirmed it further by commenting how God's spirit, which is the spirit of truth, is like a wind that blows where it will, meaning that Anyone who catches a breath of this wind across the earth has the ability to catch what God is doing, believer or non-believer. Many people catch God's reality and movement even if they never have been introduced to the words for it. The words of the past should carry a weight for us in the present, mainly recognizing that Christians aren't the only people who can sense what God may be doing. God created the world, is in the world, and is for the world, which means believers aren't the only ones who can catch a whiff of God's wind blowing through the world. And at times, it may seem like our culture catches the wind of God quicker, or maybe more precise. Because in some ways, even if it's just in half-baked or fractional pieces of truth, many of them aren't working with the assumptions that a lot of people grow up with. 
Now, you may be thinking, like, what's the point that I'm trying to get at here? Is all this relative? Is there no truth? Is there nothing unique about what God's given us with scriptures or tradition or the universal church? And hear me say, all of those things matter. And that people of God do have something to give to the world that God has asked a specific group of people to do. There is no tossing out of any of the truth that all these things hold. What I do want to point out, though, is that there are filmmakers who can capture the characteristics of God's story through whatever story they're telling, even though they may not know it. There are artists who can capture the complexity, the ache, and the injustice of what it means to navigate the world as a human without knowing it. There are entrepreneurs and activists who have visions that God would affirm because they are visions that the kingdom of God also shares, even though they may not have the words or story to describe that instinct. What's needed, I believe, from followers of Jesus is curiosity, humility, and awareness in the world around us, because God is speaking through the world that is around us. And why should we have this posture of the world? Because this, because if we lay the soil of relationships and commonalities with people, I sense that God can water and grow the seeds of someone's faith when we admire the light of truth that may radiate through them. So back to my friend who was taking prayer requests with a bucket of popcorn on his lap before the commercials were starting. His question are you ready to pray? Which at first made me think I had lost another friend to the wet blanket movement that any Christian always feels like they have to over-spiritualize something that you're doing that's just regular. But what he revealed to me is actually a practice that makes him relatable in the world, which I kind of think makes him cool. His practice is this, especially before watching a hit movie or a movie that's extremely relevant to a lot of people, is he says a small, simple prayer before it begins. He simply prays, May your spirit illuminate any truths of your reality as I watch the labor of this person's work. Whoo! Man. Now, why does he do this? Other than sounding like a walking and talking every moment holy prayer book, He has a reason, okay? Because he believes in a world that God created, God's created beings can create things that reflect the creator. Let me run that past you again. Because he believes in a world that God created, God's created beings can create things that reflect the creator. And he doesn't want to miss it. Everyone has the ability in a creative way to run into truths or fractional truths or have to disclose truths of God's reality in the world. And if I were to expand his practice a little bit further, what I think he's saying is he's simply preparing his heart to be a witness to what is made and what what people may ask him about the thing that's made. When they ask him what he thought of the movie, he can share what's beautiful and what's resonated to him and maybe why those things are connected 
with what Heal Ray believes. It's a chance to open up the door to a different type of conversation if someone chooses to knock on it. If you ask me, he's waiting, he's praying, he's watching, which sounds like a very biblical pattern to me. And if I'm putting my cards on the table, I've also adapted the, a form of this process. I'll always want to be on the lookout for the admirable light of truth. The other night, I was reminded of the beauty of, the, of this practice when I was watching the movie In the Heights. Before I started it, I prayed the same thing. And yes, I've had a handful of conversations with people who don't share my worldview after seeing it, but most importantly, it opened up my worldview in new ways to see God. I remember watching through the movie and actually feeling like I have an understanding of what it means for God to say that the meek are blessed. Through the cinema work of the Creator, I was actually able to see what it means to actually be unseen. And as strange as it sounds, I even came up with a small insight about the Gospel of John while I was watching the movie. Not something I would highlight in normal social circles, but it was something that was really meaningful to me. Now, hear me in all this. I'm not suggesting for Christians to be the type of people who are always looking for cheesy connections with the story of God. I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is I want to encourage us to emphasize, relate, and appreciate what the Creator can do through the created. We're swimming in the reality of God's truth, whether we know it or not. A lot of us just don't question the water. God's people aren't the only people who can catch a whiff of God's reality. Often believers have fancier words for it, but if we're truly living out our calling, as people who claim God and the God who already claims us. Our job is to do the same thing that God has been asking before us. Whenever people are onto something, we're the ones who know who to point to the someone who's giving them that something in the first place. So bottom line, appreciate the music, the movies, the movements of the world that have the fingerprints of God's reality and values. Set aside those things that don't or work against it. But if you do, if you do value and appreciate those things, you may just find that those around you are developing a heart for the things of God through your heart that cares about the things they care about. There you have it, friends. That is episode 49 of the On to Something podcast. If you're new to this podcast or you've kind of been wondering, what's the flow of this? Basically, we try each week to help you find what you're onto, kind of in three different lanes. So one lane is like your faith, another lane is your relationships, and a third is what you want to contribute to the world. This was an example of what we call a God thing episode. So like we've got you know, God thing, their thing, your thing. I mean, it's kind of a cute thing that we've got going. Anyways, you can always go back and see the transcript of this episode, or you can also see previous episodes by going to ontosomething.com. That's ontosomething, no G, and you can see a transcript. You can uh, reference, you can pull quotes, you can do anything like that, okay? Uh, you can't play battle 
Star Galactica, though. Okay, that's a that's a no-go. I've tried several times. Anyways, huge thanks to everyone that helps make this podcast happen from week to week, um, from the edits uh, to Deja to the producing, uh, Carolina to actually making words work together. It's great. We love it. Hope you love it, too. And until next week, friends, may you know you are onto something.